Well, good morning. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. This is a teaching ministry that is called To Encourage, Disciple, and Challenge the People of God. I hope you're doing well today. Um, today is March the 20th, and um, <clears throat> you would think it would be getting warmer. <laughs> but here in Central Virginia, it has gotten cold all of a sudden. So um, just want to encourage you that on our website, you can find... Uh, all of our audio studies, I've started to go in and try to group these based upon subjects, you know, Acts, Daniel, water baptism. I still need to do a lot more there. Same thing with the video studies. These video studies are also divided out. Uh, they're all on YouTube, but bear in mind, I've also started placing all of my video studies on, um, <clears throat> what's that called? Uh, Rumble rumble.com so check that out as well and uh, then remember that uh, the Acts uh, book is still available you can follow the link right there and uh, it is available on on Kindle so uh, you can check that out as well so uh, let's go ahead and um, open our Bibles we're going to continue our study on the breath of God uh, this is a study that I began at Calvary Chapel in, in Greenville, or Calvary Chapel of Greenville, which is right outside of Greenville in Travelers Rest, South Carolina, several weeks ago, and I uh, figured I'd finish it up online here. Uh, last time we were together, we were talking about um, some of the proofs of, of inspiration is the Bible itself, its indestructibility. Um, its transmission, which is how it was uh, copied from the originals down to what we have today, and then fulfilled prophecy. Uh, the Bible is a book of prophecy. It's the only religious book in the world that is filled with prophecy. And the purpose of prophecy is not only to establish the authenticity of the prophet, but also to establish the authenticity of the source of the prophecy, which, of course, is God. And God takes prophecy very seriously today. Um, um, there are, are at least 456 prophecies in the Bible that refer to the Messiah alone. Um, of these, at least 109 of them were fulfilled by Christ at his first advent. Uh, his virgin birth, his birthplace, uh, that he'd be preceded by John the Baptist, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the piercing of his side on the cross, and the list just goes on and on. The Bible is a book of prophecy. Now, some argue whether or not the office of prophet is still available today, because uh, we know in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, it talks about and God gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. I, I personally believe that the office of apostle and the office of prophet are not available today. Uh, so there are no apostles running around. It's like one preacher said, you might be a B-apostle or maybe even a C-apostle, but you're not an A-apostle. Um, because no one meets the qualifications of being an apostle today. Um, so, but the role of the apostle is certainly filled. The apostles planted 
um, you know, as they traveled, they planted churches, uh, Jewish fellowships. Um, so, I mean, through the missionary uh, today, certainly there are churches planted. Uh, so some would say that the office of apostles fulfilled through the missionary today. And then as far as the prophet, um, you know, I mean, no one is, there's a difference between foretelling or foretelling. Uh, certainly in the sense of foretelling uh, the word of God, prophesying in that sense, speaking the word of God, foretelling, but not foretelling, speaking that which would otherwise not be known. Um, I, I don't think the office of prophet is available today. Um, I think that would be fulfilled by the, by the, by the other three evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I just don't think there's any more foretelling today. At least I have never in my 54 years of life and 35-ish years of ministry seen it. Now, that doesn't mean it's not there. I, I know some that claim to be. I know some that have said things. But, you know, if you look uh, in the Old Testament, the condemnation that fell on a prophet that said he spoke for God and it didn't come to pass, uh, that'd be a lot of dead people today in the church, <laughs> if that be the case. I mean, how many have prophesied the Lord's second coming, Donald Trump's going to win the election, I mean, just, and the list goes on and on, and yet they're still on stage, and everybody's still listening to them. Um, so, prophecy uh, speaks to the inspiration of Scripture, and then today I'm going to focus a little bit on scientific accuracy. Scientific accuracy is another proof as to the inspiration of the scripture. It's been said that the Bible, although the Bible is not a science book, it is accurate when it speaks in the areas of scientific matters. And we're going to take a look at some of those. In Leviticus 17.11, it says that life is in the blood. Um, in Leviticus 17.11, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes an atonement for your soul. So that first part, the life of the flesh is in the blood. We can't live without blood. It's the blood that gives us our life, um, which is interesting because years ago, um, people believed there was, they had a practice of leeching, which was the belief that the blood is what carried all the diseases so if you remove the blood, you would remove the disease. Uh, the problem is you remove the blood, you remove life. Um, so a lot of people bled to death as a result of that. In Psalms, it says that there are paths or currents in the sea. In Psalm 8, 8, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea. Uh, so there's actually paths or currents, uh, which we learned years ago in regards to um, sailing. You get in this path, and uh, it'll take you to the new world, and you get in this current, it'll take you back to the old world. Sailors um, figured that out a long time ago, but the Bible speaks of that. Um Isaiah says that the earth is a sphere, and yet for many years, and there are still around today, flat earthers, uh, 
say that the earth is, is, is flat. In Isaiah 40, verse 22, it is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. So he sitteth upon the circle of the earth. I think the reason people thought the earth was flat was twofold. Number one, the Bible talks about the four corners of the earth, uh, which can, um, you know, sounds like it's flat. Um, and then two, as you're standing on the shore and you watch a ship pull away from the shore, the ship looks like it's sinking or falling off the side of the earth. <laughs> uh, this, you know, the Roman church taught this for many years. Christopher Columbus was actually a rebel when he sailed over the horizon. Uh, and obviously, uh, at that time in church history, uh, people had begun to doubt the teachings of the church, and certainly Christopher did, or he wouldn't have done it. Uh, but we know now that the earth is a circle. The earth is a sphere. Um, and, uh, you know, east, north, west, and uh, south are just parts of that sphere. And the earth is round. I mean, we have pictures of it, you know, <laughs> which flat earthers say is... Uh, a conspiracy, which is interesting. But also Job says that the earth is suspended in space. Um, in Job 26, he stretcheth out the north over the empty space and hangeth the earth upon nothing. Um, the earth is suspended. It's not sitting on the back of a turtle, um, you know, like the ancients would say. Um, it's suspended on nothing. It is suspended in space. Um, and then also the Bible says that the stars are innumerable. Now to look up, there's certain times you can look up at the sky and you can count a handful of stars. You know, it's overcast, it's cloudy, bright lights, big cities. But when you lay out in the middle of nowhere, like in the desert, <laughs> um, or in West Texas, and you look up at those stars, um, they're innumerable. They cannot be counted. In Genesis 15, and he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, tell me the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. Now, I'm sure Abraham, I would think, he might have laid back a few times and looked up there and started counting, you know, divided up into quadrants and start counting the stars. Um, but there's stars beyond those stars. <laughs> there's, there's stars beyond that stars and the different galaxies. I mean, um, so, you know, the stars are innumerable. Even with our high-powered telescopes today, we can only see so far. Uh, also, Jonah, it says that there are mountains and there are canyons in the sea. In Jonah 2.6, And I went down to the bottom of the mountains, and the earth with her bars was about me forever. So I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. There are actually mountains in the sea. Um, we um, have never been able to go down to the lowest depths of the sea. Uh, there are actually uh, mountains that there and canyons that are just so deep. Uh, I'm, I know historically 
there was a ship that left Peru that went around the tip of South America that sank. Um, and uh, it's got a, a funny name. It's uh, Caca de Fuego. Uh, but, you know, no one will ever find that ship. I mean, that thing is in the deepest uh, parts of the sea. Um, you know, just loaded down with Peruvian gold uh, that the Spaniards were stealing uh, from the uh, the Incans. Uh, so there's mountains, there's canyons in the sea. And then the Bible also says that there are springs and fountains in the sea. In Genesis 7 and verse 11, in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day there were were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Um, now, there's a lot of, you know, when you talk about a young earth or a creationist, you know, the Lord definitely circled the earth with this barrier of water, if you will, that the ozone or whatever we want to call it, the earth was more of a a greenhouse at one time and and that is why most believe man was able to live so long uh, the sun while our friend <laughs> is our enemy um, it destroys us um, so prior to the flood man lived for very long periods of time but after the flood the bible says that, you know, the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. Um, so God, you know, you, you read the, you know, those who don't believe in, the, in, in a universal flood, they say it was just a localized flood because there's not enough water on earth to cover the entire earth above the highest mountaintop. Well, number one, we don't know how high the highest mountaintop was prior to the flood, but we do know that there are what there's water below in the earth, there's water above the earth that were broken up, that was added to that water that's already on the earth. So, you know, the little um, modernist um, who wants to deny the the scripture uh, doesn't take this into account. And then also, the Bible actually speaks of the hydraulic cycle. Um, in Ecclesiastes, uh, the wind goes toward the south and turns about unto the north. It whirls about continually, and the wind returneth again according to its circuits. And all the rivers run into the sea, yet the sea is not full. Unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again. So, the clouds pick up the moisture, they move it, they drop it, it returns back to the sea from whence it came. That's the hydraulic cycle, and the Bible talks about that. And then also it speaks of matter. Um, what does it matter? <laughs> matter. Uh, in Romans 1.20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. So everything is made up of matter, uh, which is invisible. Um, so, you know, the Bible talks about matter. 
So, and again, the list goes on and on and on in regards to the scientific accuracy of the Bible. And then we have the historical accuracy that points to the inspiration of the scriptures, um, especially in the realm of archaeology. It has been said that with every turn of the archaeologist's spade, another skeptic is put to silence. Um, Haley's Bible Handbook lists 112 examples, and Unger's Bible uh, Handbook lists 96 examples where archaeology uh, has proven the inspiration of the scripture. Uh, in Genesis 2, it says that the Garden of Eden was in the lower Mesopotamian Valley. And today, even the evolutionists call it the cradle of civilization. That's where man was born. Duh, yeah, the Bible says that. That man, the Garden of Eden, was in this cradle of civilization in this lower Mesopotamian valley, the location of the Garden of Eden. It was the birthplace of human life. In Genesis 11, it mentions the Tower of Babel, uh, and dozens of ziggurats, ziggurats have been found in Mesopotamia. Um, so they were building those things all the way back then, um, also, the Bible states that the birthplace of Abraham was in Ur of the Chaldees. Um, for many years, people doubted if it even existed until 1922, <laughs> when C.L. Woolley found it. And it is now one of the best known ancient sites in the world and dates to around 2,000 years before Christ. So, archaeology proves the scripture. Um, every time we dig, we find something that proves the historical accuracy of the Word of God. And then finally, uh, I put down transform lives proves the inspiration of the Bible. Um, I mean, look at at how the Word of God has changed so many lives. I mean, I mean, the list just goes on and on how, how God intervened and changed someone's life. In my short lifespan, which in comparison to eternity is nothing, I've seen God take mean, vile, vicious, vulgar, reprobates, and turn them completely around, um, make them into new creations in Christ. Um, I mean, just the list goes on and on of people who have been made new once they have turned their lives over to Christ. Um, in uh, Psalms 119, uh, blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his commandments and that seek him with their whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness heart, and I will have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. I will keep thy statutes. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? 
by taking thereto according to thy word. The word of God has changed many, 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 many lives. Um, also, I think of 1 Timothy 1, and I thank Christ our Lord who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful. This is Paul giving his testimony. And he says that he counted me faithful and he put me into the ministry who was before. I was a blasphemer. I was a persecutor. I was injurious. I hurt people. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Of course, the, you know my view on that verse. That's not Paul is not saying I am the worst sinner that's ever lived on the face of the earth. He's not saying that. Um, but the point that I'm trying to say here is look at Paul's life and how his life was transformed by the Word of God. Uh, and this points to the inspiration of Scripture. So next time we get together, we're going to talk about inerrancy. What is inerrancy? We believe that the Bible is without error. Um, and we're going to talk about how the left... Um, redefines terms. You remember we talked about inspiration, how they redefine that to mean what they want it to mean. They've done the same thing with inerrancy. So we'll talk about that next time. So God bless you guys. Have a great day. Remember, God loves you, wants the best for you, and he's working all things out for your good.